If you're looking for a show about everyday black dreamers and doers, you've come to the right place. Join me on a quest to find ordinary people doing extraordinary things, reinterpreting the rules of the game in order to achieve life on their own terms. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. In this episode of the Black Gold Podcast, I interview Noah Tillman Young. He is a horse trainer and a pastor who lives in Texas. In our conversation, Noah and I discuss Jesus, overcoming failure, and how working with horses helped him find his meaning. Hello, Noah. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good morning. How are you doing, Moses? I'm doing well as well, brother. So um, I just want to ask you a couple of questions, if that's uh, okay with you, on how you got your start on, on your business, on your, uh, your lifestyle. Is that all good? 100%. I am, like, just uh, super excited uh, to be here. I am uh, glad that you asked me, that you invited me to come and uh, participate and uh hoping that we get some easy questions here uh no uh no curve uh curve balls here so uh i'm ready to dig in whatever you are okay cool wonderful man so everyone who's listening this is my uh, my brother noah Tillman young he is the uh, the founder of studyhorse.com it's a horse training website and also is a pastor in in Floresville. Stockdale. Stockdale, the pastor in Stockdale at a Joyful Heart Community Church. And he has had a life of uh, many successes, many uh, failures, and many more things that he is on his way of doing right now, many more things in the making, many more things in the works. So uh, welcome, Noah, to the Black Gold Podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, uh, I have one question for you though, before we go any further. So, um, am I the first brother you've asked on here? Yeah. Yeah. You're the first one. <laughs> so I, I am the first. Yep. You're the first. Oh, great. Yes. I'm going to make sure I rub it in to rub it in the faces of the others. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, how did your journey begin with training horses, with becoming a pastor? How did you get started doing that? Yeah, sure. So um, interestingly enough, uh, training horses, teaching people how to work with their horses is really what I focus on, like helping people to work with their horses in a way that's safe so that they don't get hurt. Um, so that, and then also... Um, pastoring uh, a church, uh, which are kind of like the two main things that I do right now. Uh, both of them kind of happened by accident. Uh, they weren't things that I ever planned on doing, uh, but they just kind of came to be. And so um, with the horse training, uh, you know, we grew up on a ranch. Um, and well, I'd say, I'll say you grew up on a ranch because 
I came to the ranch, you know, as an older, as a young adult, right? And so um, that was kind of new as far as, you know, working with the horses and, you know, we had the cows and all of that kind of stuff. And so that was something that was fun, that was exciting. Um, but then when, when mom and dad started the school and started the, 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 the school on the ranch, uh, they needed somebody to help with the equine program. Uh, they started uh, providing horseback riding lessons and um, it was something that I had trained and started working with. And so I had an opportunity to kind of begin there as a young adult. So, um, and I feel like my experiences working with horses, uh, which were especially in the early days, were long days, um, days kind of secluded, or it's just me and the horse or horses that I'm working with. Um, I feel like that's a lot of, too, what kind of informs the way that I pastor and, and work with people. So um, I'm, gonna, I'm kind of getting off trail here, but I never intended on working with horses professionally, never intended being a pastor, but it's one of those things that I kind of fell into. So as far as being a pastor, um, when I started attending uh, this church in Stockdale, I was just a member, just a regular member. Now, this is a church that Allison, my wife, um, she grew up in this church. Uh, her family's from this church. In fact, her grandmother pastored this church and her uncle uh, pastored uh, this church before me. And so um, when the opportunity arose and I became like part of the leadership in the church, and there was a change as far as uh, the pastoring. And uh, I was asked if I would be willing to step in. Um, it was just kind of one of those natural, uh, organic things that occurred. And uh, yeah, that's the way it started. It never, never was my intention to ever be a pastor or a horse trainer. But here I am. Yeah. Wow. That's, so you're saying it's all accidental happenstance, grace of God. Like it was God inspired behavior acts that led you to what you are today. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Nothing I ever planned. I'll put it that way. So I guess accidental might not be the right word to use because I know that God has purpose, right, and order and, and a plan. <laughs> but it wasn't in my wasn't in my plans, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. What What was in your plans previous to uh, being a horse trainer and a pastor? Yeah, absolutely. So a um, couple things. I had um, gone to culinary school, um, worked in the restaurant industry, um, had a catering company, uh, worked in different capacities as far as uh, food service. Um, my plan was to open up a chain of restaurants um, across the country serving uh, organic, like farm to table type foods where people could, could get good, healthy meals. Uh, that was kind of my, my long-term plan, to open up this big uh, enterprise of, of, of healthy restaurants. Um, I remember when I graduated from culinary school, that was around the time that uh, Chipotle had just started. And um, uh, that was kind of one of the first kind of chains that was uh, emphasizing things like, you know, no growth hormones or this or that, or, you know, yeah. responsibly uh, sourcing, sustainable, things like that. So that was kind of the headspace that I was in. Um, I wanted to do something uh, that was 
at the time seemed different. Now there's more of that, but at the time seemed different. Um, and so that was kind of um, where my where my headspace was. Oh, cool. So uh, what was the name you were planning on for your uh, your health food and organic restaurant chain? Um, so uh, in the uh, purposes of uh, protecting potential intellectual property, that's not 100% off the table, and I haven't trademarked it yet, so uh, going to have to leave that one uh, hanging in the air there. <laughs> you launch it, let us know, and we'll have you back on. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. In learning, in learning about um, horsemanship and learning about pastoring, uh, who guided you through that process? Who was your mentor? Sure, yeah. So I've never had um, like a specific mentor per se. So like just, you know, one person that I could just turn to and that person gave me, you know, leadership, direction, support, and, and all of that. Um, however, I've been blessed to just have just multiple different people in different capacities. Um, and what I found is, so for example, um, say with, with pastoring, you know, there's a lot of people who, who weren't pastors um, that poured into my life in different ways that have affected uh, the way that I pastor, that have taught me things about my interactions with people, what it means to be a part of community, what it means to show grace in a way that's actual, actually practical and more biblically aligned with like how Jesus walked and, and lived on this earth. So, um, you know, I haven't had kind of, and, and it, it's funny because that's kind of like, I guess, uh, uh, the story of my life, like I don't ever, I, I haven't really had like the traditional order of things um, the way that you would think, uh, but I've had a lot of people, you know, in different capacities. And for mentors, I know a lot of people think of mentors, usually it's somebody older, uh, somebody that's more experienced in a particular industry. Um, but I got to say, like, I've had, you know, friends um, that are my peers that, uh, have had a lot of influence on my life. I've had uh, people who were older that I've interacted with, with different capacities. Um, and then there are other friends that I have now that are pastors, we talk. Um, so all of that stuff is huge. Um, and then as far as mentorship too, um, it's pretty cool in this day and age because, um, you know, with podcasts, with all the different outlets of media. There's so many different ways that you can plug into resources um, with people who are uh, various, I guess, uh, various experiences and be able to learn, right? And to, to have them kind of be able to pour into you in, in that way. So um, to answer your question, I never had like a specific mentor. Like this is my, uh, my, my church father who did this for me or, this is my training person. Um, but yeah, but God's been really good to me to put multiple people in my life um, that have helped me out and influence where I am now. And I, and I will say this, um, I think that's important, right? Like connecting with various people, um, not just staying in your, in your group with the people that you know, that you're familiar with, that you're comfortable with. It's really important to go out there and connect with different people because you know all of God's children have so much to offer, right? And to and to teach us. So. Okay. Yeah. So you you didn't have any specific 
uh, mentor. So that means that you must have taken a lot of um, like learning curves in terms of uh, like training horses and, and becoming a, a better pastor. Um, what are some of the um, things you ha you've had to learn and some of the, uh, the failures that you've had in, uh, in learning to do both horsemanship and pastoring? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, one of the things about failures is a lot of it's just perspective, right? So there's like this, this big thing right now um, in culture about like, you know, you got to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. Um, but I've never really looked at it like that. Um, I look at it a, a little bit differently because I feel like things are a process. And so um, one of the things is I, I always try to look at the bigger picture of things and I'm not always successful. Sometimes I get trapped right here in my head, like in this moment, what's going on right now, but I try to kind of step back and look at the big, good, big picture. Right. And I try to look at things kind of like a graph. Right. And so, um, if, or, or like a chart and if, if we're charting and we're trending downwards and then we come back up and as long as we're still going up, right. Um, things are, things are okay. We're moving, uh, in the right uh, direction, we're having the right trajectory. So I try to look more at trajectory uh, than I do specific targets along the way. Um, because for me, just mentally, that's so tough. Uh, you know, having to feel like I need to hit all those targets, it's a lot and it's impossible. And I would say that is the biggest thing that I've learned is that, um, you know, stay away from focusing on those targets, you know, because you're going to miss the mark. You're going to miss the mark, but look at that trajectory. And uh, I feel like the more we get um, headed towards that trajectory that we're looking for, uh, the easier it becomes to, to hit the mark, but you also learn how to become um, a lot more comfortable with realizing, man, I messed up there. Oh, well, gonna learn <laughs> for next time try to do better, uh, but I'm not going to sulk in that um, and stay there and uh, let that drag me down. So um, it does require a little bit of mental toughness, um, but knowing that going into it, knowing that there's a lot of, lot of, there's some good ups, but there are a lot of downs, right? And you've got to really focus on the fact that it's all of it, the ups and the downs, uh, they all get you there. And it's a part of the process and there's always learning uh, to be done there. So um, just like to give you specific examples, like um, uh, with my church, you know, uh, when we first started, the church was really dying, uh, like, and literally a lot of old people and small numbers and numbers were, were dwindling. Um, and so to me, that was kind of like, oh my gosh, such a small church. Oh my gosh, it's been a few months now. We haven't really grown much. Look at this. So months turns into a year. What's that? Yeah, oh my goodness. But God was doing something in those times. God was really, uh, I feel like, developing a sense of community between the, the, the smaller numbers of us that were there. Um, there were things that we were able to do as small groups that we wouldn't have been able to do as a larger congregation. Um, really laying down some roots and some foundational things and relationships. And um, I really feel like even though certain things that on the outside look like a failure, man, I wouldn't count it as such. In the moment, it might seem like it, but uh, usually it's been my experience 
there's so much more going on. Okay. So you think of failure as it's, it's almost necessary or do you think of it as um, it's, a, it, it's a verifier? It tells you that you're heading in the right direction, but you need to tweak it just a little bit. Yeah, I kind of like the word you use there, uh, verifier. You know, if you're not quote unquote failing, then you're not growing. You're not trying things, right? Yeah. Um, really, you know, uh, if you will, then like failure is just a part of the scientific process, right? Like, you know, if you, if you go through the scientific method, uh, failure is a good thing because every time you fail, it's a success because it tells you something that didn't work you've got it recorded, right? You know, okay, won't do that again. So my next experiment, my likelihood to fail is going to be that much less likely. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you use your failures as a learning experience rather than a, uh, something that lets you get depressed and just feel, feel weak about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. 100% because, um, like especially in today's world, uh, depression is so real. Um, and a lot of people just kind of gloss over it, pretend like it's not real or say, oh, I'm tough or that's for weak people or this or that. But depression is so real and it kind of can get a hold of you. And the thing about depression is when you are in a depressed state, what it does, it does something really funky to your mind chemically where it makes you believe that that one moment, that one failure, that one circumstance is like everything. And so it kind of overwhelms all of the loves, the joys, the successes, the great thing that the great things that have happened and earth. And so by being very intentional, saying, oh, no, it's just a failure. Uh, I get a chance to learn. Uh, now I know, you know, that my next try is gonna be more likely to be more successful. It changes the way you, you, you look at it. Um, it's more of a tool, right? Uh, less of a, of a sentence. So um, speaking of tools, uh, what have you used over the years to help um, both to learn and also to, to grow your, uh, your, your horsemanship business as well as your, um, your, your role as a pastor? What tools and resources have you used or um, what books have you read in order to learn more about those two things? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. So this might surprise you. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, I haven't read a book since I've been in college. <laughs> so <laughs> last book I read was a textbook. Um, um, I do listen to books on tape, though, like audiobooks, audible, uh, things like that, um, just uh, because I'm able to, if you will, kind of multitask, right? I'm able to drive, listen to something. I'm able to be working a horse, listening to something, right? Um, so uh, for me, yeah, you know, really consuming different resources, uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, and I encourage people to like, if you're in a particular industry, don't just limit what you're studying to that industry. So like, even as far as being a pastor, you know, like I read so many different, and I say read, when I, whenever I say read, I'm saying like, I've got my headphones on and I'm listening to something. Okay. So like, I read so many different types of books from different industries, from fiction to nonfiction to 
you know, a book about, uh, I don't know, tennis over here and another book about uh, a journey in the Appalachia, you know, like there's so many different things that can inform you and you can glean things from and take things away. Um, and I think that's pretty cool, especially just how readily available so many resources are. Okay. Um, is there uh, any specific um, books on tape that you've read recently that have informed you in terms of what you, you do as a, um, as, a, as a business person in terms of your, your horse training uh, courses and things that you have? Um, yes, Moses, I am so sorry. I need to pause for a quick second. I'm at the church and somebody is knocking at the door. Give me one quick second and I will be right back, right back, okay? I apologize, one quick second. I apologize for that, thank you for your understanding. That's uh, okay, no problem at all. Okay, so you asked about um, books that I'm reading right now is that what you're asking yeah anything that you've read recently to inform your your work as a uh, both a pastor and also as a um horse trainer or slash a businessman sure absolutely um there are let me pull up my my audible here and tell you what's uh in queue here because a couple of them i'm working on there's one called unseen realm um that i eh, last few months that i've read and that's actually a book about kind of unconventional thinking about like uh, the Christian faith and history um, from a very Christ perspective, uh, but also very historical as well. Um, the perspective of say like the ancient Israelites and like what different things meant in the Bible in the context of that time and their culture. Um, really cool book, really, really cool book. Uh, really neat. Um, another uh, book that I just finished um, is uh, The Sticking Point by Jay Abraham. Are you familiar with Jay Abraham? Yeah, I think I've read some of his works before. Okay. Yeah, he is awesome. Um, and you know, what's really interesting about The Sticking Point is it's just one of those books where the knowledge applies to so many different uh, facets of life, right? Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, that would probably like, as far as a business book, um, I think that's one of the, one of the better ones I've read, um, in a long time. Um, and you can tell like different people, uh, the way Jay explains things, you can tell it's the guy that's, that's been in the, I mean, obviously he has a lot of uh, credentials, but he's been in the trenches. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to apply, um, uh, different things. And um, he, he has you think in a little bit uh, more of a critical way, uh, different than the conventional uh, thinking um, that people would have you do. So those are a couple of the books that I'm working on. Oh, cool. That's really, those are two really interesting books. So you, the first one you'd say, The Unseen Realm, yeah, you, you do that in terms of your, um, your walk as a pastor and the second one's the sticking point you use as your uh, walk as a, uh, a horse businessman um so not necessarily just because you know I, I i really do i believe that you like there's a scripture in the bible that says if no one if nobody declares god's name even the rocks will cry out to him right yeah. 
And I really feel like you can glean, like God can speak to you through anything, right? So like even reading the sticking point, and I don't even know what uh, Jay Abraham's uh, faith is, I'm not sure. But even reading that, there are things where God talks to me. It's like, hey, you know, you thought about this? You think about that? Or how is that informed the way you're pastoring your church or your life or how you're dealing with your kids? You know, things like that. And so I feel like when you're, when you're looking for God, right, you're going to find him, right? Same thing. When you're looking to improve yourself, when you're looking to be a better business person, when you're looking to be a better, just socially aware, responsible person that's a contributing uh, member of society and your community in a meaningful and impactful way. You can find those things reading a business book or a quote-unquote religious book or reading the New York Times. I honestly believe that. Yeah. Okay, well, then um, speaking of, of the Times... Um, how has the current pandemic affected you and your, your business, your church? How has that affected your lifestyle? Absolutely. So um, it's affected everything, just like everybody else, right? Um, so as far as church, you know, we closed down for a long time. Uh, we recently kind of did like a soft reopening, um, very limited amounts of people, lots of space, lots of protocol. Um, so there's that. Um, as far as my business, definitely affected my my business um uh definitely been a tough time for the business uh we're you know adapting right trying to be uh resilient um but just like a lot of other businesses and companies uh hit, hit has hit us hard so having an effect on on income and finances and planning so um what does that mean you know just like everything else it's not you know, you look at these difficult times and it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> why do I have to be going through this, this time in history and whatever, you know? Um, I'm just grateful for the fact that I woke up this morning and I opened my eyes and I could see, you know, the beauty of his splendor, right? Um, that I was, that I drew another breath. So um, um, putting things in perspective there because it's a lot of times, as an entrepreneur, as having several different businesses, it's really easy to, um, well, if this business is doing successful, then everything's okay. <laughs> but um, when things are going really bad, ah, it's a terrible day, I feel awful, blah, blah, blah. So it's been difficult. It's been a challenge, um, but it's also been an opportunity to learn, to adjust, uh, to, to do things differently. Um, to slow certain things down. So um, as, as much as uh, I wish that, that we weren't in this pandemic, um, I can say that it's been a period of growth, um, but it certainly has not been without uh, some pretty tough challenges. Okay. And I want to say one more thing too. Uh, going back to the sticking point, um, that book by Jay Abrams, um, he wrote that book, I think, during the 2008 uh, recession, or I think that's when it was published. Um, and one of the things that he talks about um, in that book, actually, is um, about how tough times, recessions, depressions, um, how it's really a lot about perspective, you know? Um, how do you dig in and continue to be productive um, in spite of the circumstances around you, which... To me, yeah, it's a good business yeah. lesson. That's been a really good life lesson as well because 
a lot of circumstances going on, right? You know, um, especially in the black community with social justice and, you know, police brutality and the lack of justice uh, for these types of encounters that are happening on a daily basis. Um, you know, that's also mentally tough as well, right? And so um, there's kind of that going on. And like, you know, in spite of everything that's going on, you know, how do you overcome? How do you keep moving forward and make progress? Okay, well, that's, that's, that's really inspiring. The idea of just, you know, counting your blessings every single day, you are grateful that the fact that you have another day to, to live your life. Um, if you had a message to, to spread uh, worldwide to um, aspiring Black entrepreneurs, uh, what would that message be? So, um, pretty simple. That message would be to love your neighbor as yourself. Like, that, that would be it. Um, let me go back, because the first is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And this wouldn't be my message just to aspiring Black entrepreneurs, but this is the same message I would give to everybody. And it's going to apply to you um, the way that, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts you, right? So, like, um, love God, that's most important, but love each other. And that's really huge. And that's a challenge right now because I find that um, in this world, especially in our country, it's so politically divided right now. Um, there's so many different uh, tensions, uh, this, that, whatever. Um, it's, it's a challenge to genuinely love your neighbor as yourself. Um, doesn't matter what side of the political divide you're on. And so... Uh, I think it's really important that over everything else, over your uh, cultural pride, over your uh, propensity to want to better yourself and be the best entrepreneur that you can so you can provide for your family and keep them healthy and strong and then all those things, over any of that stuff, the most important thing is loving God and loving each other. And I, I honestly believe that if we can do those two things, that it really gives us the opportunity to enjoy our lives uh, to the fullest, regardless of the circumstance for all the stuff that we accumulate and have. Yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing in your, um, your, your view of everything being... I don't know. There's always hope around the corner, for sure. There's always definitely going to be uh, hope around the uh, the corner, in terms of the suffering and the pain that's happening right now. The the injustice, as you said, uh, that that's happened recently with um, Breonna Taylor and everything that's happening with uh, Jacob Blake and everything that's just messed up right now in our society. We uh, there's always definitely we need to make sure that we always have hope to, um, to lean on and to look forward to and make sure that we put our trust in, in God and in Jesus other than in, in, um, in the, the system that's in an, in an unjust system, but that we should rally together our hopes and our, and our wishes and our prayers together in terms of something better than what it is right now. Um, 100% yeah yeah and and to, to kind of piggyback off of that 
You're right. Like hope is so important. Um, mentally, it's so tough right now. Um, especially for, for me particularly, I live in a, a very white, very conservative. Um, people are very aggressive towards uh, racial equality. Um, people are, you know, living with their heads in the sands, you know, where it doesn't exist, or it's not that big of a deal, um, those types of things. And so it's a challenge. It really is. Um, uh, and uh, I, as, as much as all that kind of stuff, you know, it seems tough, it, it might get you upset, might get you in your feelings, whatever the case might be. I, I'm always, um, I always struggle with this balance of coming back down to earth and being like, okay, um, things are tough, but things have gotten better. Okay. There's still a lot more work to do, but things have gotten better. Um, Sure, <laughs> you know they're they're executing us in this in the streets, <laughs> but at least they're not hanging us from trees and burning us, you know. So, um, and and there's always um, there's that, but then I also look at the fact that I am not hanging on a cross either, and um, there was a lot of injustice that was done to our Lord and Savior. So, like, we're in good you're in good company, <laughs> you know, you really are. And so a lot of times when people have injustices served to them, yes, they suck, they're terrible. Uh, but um, it's a reality that we deal with. It's a part of the life that we live. And our Lord and Savior, um, he endured some of the worst, the yeah. worst, right? And so uh, keeping that in perspective, you know, gives me hope uh, because it lets me know that he endured that so that we're able to transcend where we are and walk in the freedom and the love and the grace and the mercy that he afforded us in spite of the way that he was treated. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to end on a, um, on a brighter note, um, you recently have released a uh, safer horse course mm-hmm. that you um, have been working on over the, the summer. Can you tell our listeners more about that? Yeah, so that's a project um, with, uh, with my company, Steady Horse, uh, where we provide uh, horse educational materials. And really the whole focus is on teaching people to be safer uh, with their horses. So uh, it's a course that uh, we release to show people specifically things that they can do with their horse in order to make sure that their horse is safer before they climb on and start riding. And so it's been a, it's been a neat project. Just kind of wrapped that up um, a few weeks ago and uh, launched it uh, last week. And so um, that's, that's uh, kind of the, the main thing with Steady Horse that's going um, right now so that people can get their hands on, you know, super affordable, um, but quality uh, horse resources that will help them be safer with their horses. Okay. So how has learning about, about horses and, and the way that you, because I remember it was you, mom and I, we went out to, to get a, a rescue donkey. And uh, like I remember mom was really like stunned and surprised at the way that you were able to, uh, to calm her down and get her into the trip. And it didn't take, you know, as long as the um, owner thought that it would take. 
And the idea of using that technique, um, does that technique apply also to, uh, to humans? Because in your courses, you talk about how uh, you want to always de-escalate things in terms of the way that you breathe, your tonality of your voice and everything that you do, your movements. You want to make sure that the horse responds to what, you're, what you are doing rather than you having to uh, always be up in your guard and going against the horse's wishes. Uh, how does your training that you do for study horse, how can it be applied for um, other avenues, other different types of um, interests, other, other uh, things like that? Sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, because like, I feel like right now it's really, um, it's common to just be responsive to stuff, right? Be responsive to stimulus or this or that. Um, where it's, it's so much more important, I feel, to be proactive, right? And so that's the thing with our horses, you know, um, and I feel like God teaches us a lot through horses, through animals, through different circumstances in general, especially with nature and, and animals. And so um, by taking your time, by being steady, um, by not going in there and seeing a problem, but seeing an opportunity, um, it allows you to kind of frame now the context with which you're going to deal um, with the circumstance. And so you can either be combative and escalate things and, and, and things usually go sideways. That's when people get hurt. Or you can come in with looking for understanding, looking to develop uh, more clarity right? So that each of you has more certainty as to where things are going, what's going to happen next. Um, doesn't mean that um, things are always going to go where you anticipate, um, but at least you're getting there with some clarity and making some more advancements in your understanding of each other. And I feel like, you know, as far as safety, that's definitely um, much better, but also as far as having impacts that's more meaningful. And that applies to life, right? Like if you go in there to just bump heads and tear each other up, uh, things are going to continue to be that way. You know, somebody might end up on top. Someone might end up on the bottom. This person might feel good for a fleeting moment. Uh, but if you go in there in order to really just uh, to embrace each other, to really get a sense of understanding, to get some clarity of where each other is coming from, uh, that's where meaningful growth um, can actually happen. So hundred percent, you know, the things that I learned and experienced with my horses um, and the, the people that I work with with horses uh, definitely um, have a bearing, really inform uh, my interactions on so many other different levels. Yeah, so like um, parenting and also in your marriage, you found that those same principles of, uh, of de-escalation and thoughtfulness apply, correct? Yeah, yeah. De-escalation. Um, clarity is a huge one. Like clarity and communication, that's like nine out of 10 relationships, right? Um, in general, whether it's with your children, your spouse, you know, your employer, whatever, um, employees, um, providing that clarity and really uh, trying to get to that clarity, trying to get to that, that understanding. You know, it's not about me pointing the finger or saying, you know, why did you do this? or how come you always this, or blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you know, what happened um, 
that, you know, this was even an issue to begin with or explain to me your thinking or, you know, what does this mean? You know, because I want to understand. Um, and you see that different approach allows an opportunity for meaningful dialogue, right? Um, instead of just, you know, a battle for who's right <laughs> or a battle for, you know, um, you know, having the last word, whatever the case might be. Well, um, yeah, oh gosh, one over time a little bit. Uh, it's all good, it's all good. Um, so thank you very much, Noah, for uh, agreeing and also being on, on, the, on the podcast and um, really appreciate it, brother. Oh man, love you so much. Always, always my pleasure to do anything with you, Moses. And um, I'm glad that, uh, I'm so humbly glad that I'm the first sibling. Uh, <laughs> To, to be on here. So love you, man. Love you too, bro. Goodbye. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black Gold Podcast, Stories of Black Dreamers and Doers. Please go ahead and subscribe and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast right now so then it can reach more people. If you want to get in touch with me personally, go ahead and send me an email at blackgoldpod at gmail.com. If you want to talk about the show or if you want to talk about how to create your own podcast, where you can find people and talk with them about the topic of your interest. If you want to go further into doing that, make sure to go to www.blackgoldpod.com and go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom and get yourself a copy of the Side Gig Podcast Guide. It's a guide that I put together for you to start a quality podcast on a low budget. So go ahead and do those things, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.